Hello! Welcome to another story about the Peters family. The name of this week's story is Pearson and Penelope Get Poison Oak. As always, we've included a line from a hymn or a hymn title within the story. If you recognize it, send your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize! Last week's winners were siblings Kaylee, Kenzie, and Jack of Bird in Hand, Pennsylvania, with their correct answer of He Hideth My Soul from the story The Peters and Todd Trust God, Part 2. Great job! It's time now for this week's story. Pearson and Penelope get poison oak. The winter was still in full swing. There had been a recent warm spell over the course of the past week, and the Peters had been spending as much time as possible outdoors. Though Mama Peters homeschooled inside the house, the weather was so nice that on every break possible, Pearson and Penelope could be found outside soaking up the sun while digging for worms. They were creating a worm farm that currently resided in a big bucket, but would be transplanted to a big cardboard box filled with dirt just behind the gate in the backyard. The gate marked the end of their property, and they often played back there because it was the edge of the embankment which ran to the creek that flowed for a few miles. During the summer, it was an especially idyllic setting when they searched for crawdads. Even though it wasn't summertime, and it was still the dead of winter, there was some of the same sweetness of feeling of which memories are made, what with the bright sunlit blue sky shining through the leafless branches of the trees. So as soon as the Pearson and Penelope had finished their math, Penelope came up with an idea. Hey, Piers, why don't we play across the creek and see if we can dig up some more worms today? Sounds like a plan to me, Pen. Except that it's not a good idea to cross the creek when the twins are playing with us. It would be too dangerous for them, and Mama Peters wouldn't allow it, Pearson responded. Good point, Pearson. So how about we go during their nap time? Good idea. I think Todd is coming over then. So if we work hard now, we can get all of our schoolwork done before he comes. Well, that was all they needed for motivation. Pearson and Penelope worked tirelessly on their assignments. They completed their writing and history work before working on their piano and Latin. Whoa, you two are working so hard. Praise the Lord for your sweet attitudes. Your work is just about perfect. Mama Peters was almost glowing as she checked their work and reviewed their mistakes with them. Thanks, Mama Peters. But we felt extra motivated because, uh, because, because we wanted to wait, we wanted to finish before Todd gets here, Penelope admitted in her usual style of talking quickly. Well, whatever the reason, I'm sure thankful, though that does remind me to remind you that we mustn't always be motivated by immediate or external reward. God is kind and does give us those intermittent blessings, but we should always work for all things as working for the Lord, knowing that our reward is in heaven. Remember Colossians 3.23, Mama Peter sweetly cautioned, And lest you think that I do that perfectly, I must tell you that it's hard for me to remember that. When I'm feeling unmotivated and simply tired, but I have tasks still in front of me to accomplish, so I recite that verse to myself. I don't want to ever get so immersed in earthly things that I forget there's a real heaven awaiting. I get it, Mama Peters, but it's still nice when Todd comes over, Pearson remarked. Well, of course, bud, and I love it for you. So how about we get lunch going and then get the twins down? Pearson, you slice the veggies, and Nellie, you make the sandwiches. I think peanut butter and jelly will be fine for today. Mama Peters began cleaning up the manipulatives that she had been working on with the twins. 
They were astute little learners, and Mama Peters was regularly working on sorting and counting and colors with them. Mama Peters had a God-given gift of teaching, and she regularly expended her energies in service to the Lord by working with the children and teaching them the natural laws of the universe. And she, too, loved learning things right along with the twins about God's vast creation. Some days it was easy to teach the kids, but there were days that Mama Peters found the end of her rope without even looking for it. Those were the times she found herself praying all the more earnestly that God would enable her to refocus and redirect herself during the day, pleading with God to help her walk in worship and keep her tongue from evil. Sometimes that meant that she had to seek forgiveness from the Lord and from the children for any harshness of tone or quick temper but it often meant that she was able to capture those thoughts that would lend themselves to outbursts and simply hold her hands up to God, asking Him for presence of mind and self-restraint to put off the emotions and walk in truth toward her children, which always involves speaking peaceable words in season. Certainly, no one is perfect, and all people must rely on the Lord for those kinds of things. But holding off words when tempted to do the opposite was heeding the call of wisdom and reaping the harvest from it. After cleaning up the remnants from lunch, Pearson and Penelope were upstairs helping Mama Peters put the girls down. Penelope offered to put diapers on the girls for their naps, but Mama Peters nixed the idea. No, I think we're just going to lay towels under them, and we'll pray that they don't have any accidents. They've been doing better and better at it. Pearson, would you please grab a couple of towels from the linen closet? And Nellie, you can grab them each a book, and they can have their books in bed to read. From downstairs, the doorbell rang. There was no need to answer the door because Todd basically let himself in. Yo, Peters fam, where are you? Without waiting for an answer from anyone, Todd yelled, I'm on my way up. When he visited the Peters, Todd always felt at home. He walked straight into Penelope, Patience, and Priscilla's room. When the twins saw Todd, they shouted his name. He was a family favorite. Yo, Twinkies! You heading to the land of winkin', blinkin', and nod? Todd always had his usual catchphrases at the ready. Hey, Todd! Mama Peters greeted him. Yes, we're just tucking the twins. I mean, the Twinkies in. You ladies want to give Todd a hug? The twins were only too happy to reach out their pudgy arms and squeeze Todd's neck. Okay, girls, good night. I love you. Now come on, kids, let's head downstairs, Mama Peters instructed. When all were downstairs, Mama Peters gave further direction. I think we just have grammar left. Ty can read while you both finish your grammar. We did our grammar, Mama Peters. Pearson was thrilled that they had already completed it. Oh my, wow, you really were motivated. Mama Peters grabbed the grammar books to check their work. Okay, it looks pretty good. You guys may go outside and play. Todd led the way to the door, as Pearson and Penelope followed. But before they got too far, Mama Peter shouted after them, You'll need your coats today. Okay, but I'm already kind of hot, Mama Peters. Nevertheless, Pearson grabbed his coat off the rack. I suppose you can play without a coat as long as the sun is out. Mama Peters was reluctant, knowing that children have a way of never feeling the chill. Mama Pete, it's pretty smoking hot out there today. The sun is soup shining down on us. Yo, I prom, we are gonna be steaming, but I'm tote happy to wear one just to, oh, just to honor my elders, Todd added. Oh boy, I really love being called an elder, Todd. Mama Peters winked. It's fine, you can go without your coats for now. 
Are you going to look for worms? Yeah, I think we want like 20 more for our farm, Mama Peters, and we're going to cross the creek and, and go closer to the elementary school. Penelope exclaimed in her usual fast way of talking. That's fine, but don't forget, there's poison oak in that part of the creek bed, so I want you to be really mindful, Mama Peters warned. In no time, the three of them were racing to the back gate. The sun was high overhead and penetrating, warm on their bare arms as they walked cautiously down the embankment, which was still damp from the previous rain. They got to the edge of the creek and began their adventure, crossing the log that lay from bank to bank. They paused to watch a frog on a lily pod that hopped into the water and dove gracefully down to the bottom between some rocks. They saw some water striders and stared, mesmerized by their ability to walk the water with greater grace than the swimming frog. All around them, nature was coming more alive in the pre-spring warmth, and the air was fragrant with the smells of new growth. With shovels and small buckets in hand, they ascended the other bank and walked toward the pond at the edge of the elementary school. Don't forget to watch out for poison oak over there, Pearson reminded. Dude, poison oak is some righteously wicked stuff, Todd replied. Righteously wicked? Really? That's a new one, Todd. A very interesting phrase. Pearson laughed at his friend. <laughs> Glad you like it, my boy. But the point is, you gotta look for the low sticks with three leaves on them. That's the trick. Have you had poison oak before, Todd? Penelope asked. Dudette, are you kidding me? No, I try to keep this baby soft skin clean and clear. Todd rubbed his arm to illustrate his point about being baby soft. Oh, Todd, you're so silly. Penelope giggled. (laughs) The three of them traipsed through the undergrowth and began digging. They dug through the warm, wet dirt and easily located two dozen worms within an hour. They decided to continue exploring around the pond before walking back home with their loot. I can't wait for springtime, dude. And dudette? Todd said. Me neither, Todd. It's my favorite, and we're going to play baseball and softball again this year, Pearson said excitedly. That's so cool. I think Mom might sign me up, too, Todd responded. Well, make sure that your mom requests that I be on your team, Todd. Totally, bro. I'm not super rocking at baseball, though. It's one thing I don't know a ton about. Hyperbole tended to be Todd's strong suit. One thing, Todd? You know a ton about everything else? Penelope asked in disbelief. Dudette, no, I don't, but I know nothing about baseball. I mean, how many referees are there anyway? And how many points can you score? And how do you score in baseball anyway? And what do you do in case there's a tie? What do you do for a tiebreaker? Todd fired back. Oh, good grief, Todd. They're called umpires in baseball, not referees, and they're runs and not points. And you cross home plate, that's how you score. And you play extra innings if there's a tie. Are you putting me on? Penelope pretty much could not believe the questions that Todd had just asked. Dudette, you'd think I'd mess around about something like that. I need you guys to explain, I mean, everything, everything there is to know about the game. I've never played baseball. In fact, I've never played anything but scootering. So Pearson and Penelope began to explain the entire game of baseball to Todd, helping him to understand everything from balls and strikes to the seventh inning stretch to box and stolen bases. As they conversed, they had dug up a lot more worms and had walked all the way home before the conversation came to an end. Well, hello there. Mama Peters greeted the trio as they walked through the back door. You guys were out there for a very long time. We were, Mama Peters. We dug up worms, but we had some explaining to do because Todd knows nothing about baseball, and he wants to play this year, Pearson explained. Oh, that's nice, Mama Peters said somewhat absentmindedly. But before you go any further in the house, all three of you need to go and wash your hands. And Todd, 
Your mom and the twins are here, ready to take you home. She needs to check on her dinner, which is in the crock pot. Everyone hustled and washed their hands, and Todd and Pearson quickly agreed to do all they could to get themselves on the same baseball team. Shortly after the Hicks had left for home, Mama Peters was alarmed when she noticed giant red splotches on Pearson and Penelope's arms and face. And it wasn't long before those splotches grew even redder and puffier due to their scratching. Oh, no! Mama Peters, it's poison oak! Penelope was shocked. Pen, didn't you watch for poison oak as I warned you about? No one needed to answer that question because it was obvious that they hadn't done an adequate job of watching out for it. We did, but but we didn't see almost any leaves out there, Penelope explained, scratching at the patches on her arm. Oh, Nellie, didn't you remember that there don't have to be leaves for you to catch it? There are oils on the bare winter branches. Oh, Pierce, Nellie, don't scratch. Take off your clothes right now and put them in the washing machine and go upstairs and shower. You need to wash your skin and do not scratch. Mama Peters worked fastidiously, trying to help the children without touching their clothing. She opened large trash bags for them to drop their clothes into, and Pearson showered in her bathroom, while Penelope showered in the hall bathroom. When at last they had finished their showering, and Mama Peters had loaded and begun the laundry, she grabbed the anti-itch lotion from the medicine cabinet and had them rub it on their patches of red. Mrs. Hicks just called and informed me that Todd has it too. But of course he's calling it Poison O. He's been scratching since he got in the car, and Mrs. Hicks knew exactly what it was. Thankfully, you don't have it anywhere except for where your skin was exposed. Oh, Mama Peters, we should have worn our coats after all. Penelope's voice was filled with humility. Oh, Pen, you couldn't have known. It's okay. It was God's sovereign plan. But it's so itchy, Pearson complained. It is, and I don't want to scratch off my skin. Penelope moaned. The rest of the evening was spent trying not to scratch itchy skin and of talking about how itchy their skin was. After their non-stop complaining, Daddy Peters gently reminded them of the call on their lives to suffer well. He explained that it was understandable that they might cry or groan or moan because of their discomfort, but he described the difference between that and complaining and saying things like, My skin is itching! I'm sick of it! He reminded them of Joseph's suffering in prison and how Job has suffered with his boils and loss, and also reminded them that all suffering is from God. Pearson and Penelope, I know you feel so itchy. I've had poison oak myself before. It's so hard not to scratch when you itch so desperately. Mama Peters and I will continue supplying lotion and cream to treat it, and we'll apply cold compresses to the areas that are affected by the poison oak. Most of all, though, we'll pray that God will let the poison oak and its effects be short-lived, if God wills. And we'll all be sure to try to refrain from complaining, because that doesn't help anything. And even though Mama Peters and I don't have poison oak, it affects us in different ways, because it's so hard not to be upset when we see you suffering. All of us, though, should remember that God will comfort us and help us. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. After their family worship and prayer concluded, 
Pearson and Penelope, with their splotchy skin, were served ice cream to help with their malady. Well, I guess it's not too hard to suffer well when we have this ice cream, Penelope said, right before she stuffed her mouth with a heaping spoonful of ice cream. And it actually doesn't really itch once you stop scratching, Pearson observed. I wonder how Todd is doing with all of this. Well, it looks like he's doing just fine. Daddy Peters laughed. <laughs> As he held up his phone to show Pearson and Penelope a picture of Todd, who was lying on the couch with a giant bowl of ice cream on his chest and flashing a big grin and the thumbs-up sign to the camera. The picture of Todd tickled their funny bone and cheered their spirits. Oh, what a good example! That's Todd bearing up and comforting us with the same comfort with which we are comforted. No, wait, I got that a little bit wrong. I mean, the same comfort with which he's been comforted. Just like you said, Daddy Peters, Penelope said enthusiastically. And so for the next several days, Pearson and Penelope suffered, but bore up under the allergic reaction of itchy red blotches and blisters that God had sovereignly put in their lives. They did whatever they could to distract themselves from their itchy skin. They played games, they read, they watched a couple of movies, they sang silly songs, they sang praise songs and old hymns, like until then, and they worshipped. Through God's power and His magnanimous grace, their complaints were kept to a minimum. As Daddy and Mama Peters did all they could to make them comfortable, and as God enabled their immune system to fight off the pain and irritation of poison oak, it was through the hardship of Poison Oak that they began to learn what it would mean to suffer in a way that is worshipful. It would be a life lesson that would prove invaluable in the years to come. This is Grandmom's Corner. Do any of you listening have a hard time disciplining your mouth? Though I'm still learning how to do that at my age, I am making progress by God's strength. Because it's occurred to me over the last several years, and I know, what took me so long? But I don't have to say everything that's on my mind, nor do I have to complain, which is one of my pet sins. I know I've shared with all of you about how I really don't like emptying the dishwasher and how I have to rely on God to empower me not to complain. And I'm not crazy about making our bed either, but I do it every day because it makes the room look nicer. And besides, not everyone has a comfortable bed on which to sleep. And you know what's funny? As I've been recording this episode about complaining, I found myself getting annoyed and complaining because I've made mistakes and had to go back and re-record it, which is quite ironic and sinful. Because as we've noted before, when we complain, we're complaining against God because God ordains every single thing that happens in our lives. So when I grouse and gripe, what I'm really saying is, God, I don't appreciate having to empty my dishwasher, or I hate having to make my bed every day. My ingratitude must be a stench to God. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. The verse doesn't only pertain to dirty talk or swearing, but to worthless talk too. Complaining is worthless. St. Paul, the writer of Ephesians, implores the reader to not engage in idle and empty talk. And he contrasts it with speech that is good and appropriate and grace-filled and that encourages the listener. Think about it. No one wants to listen or even be around someone who is constantly griping and complaining. It is of no benefit to the hearer. So don't be someone who whines and belly aches. 
but be someone who speaks in such a way that others will want to hear what you have to say and not want to avoid you. Interestingly, my youngest son, who didn't know that the Whimsy Wins episode was about complaining this week, texted me while I was in the process of recording it. He admitted that he complains constantly. And that morning when he began to complain, he silently admonished himself, for once in your life, try not to complain. That phrase turned into a little limerick, which is a perfect way to end Gremlin's Corner this week. This is what he wrote. For once in your life, try not to complain, because when you do, you'll find that it's true, that others won't want to be around you. The Lord willing, we'll be back next week with another story about the Peters family. Bye for now.